and welcome back to the Euro Trips podcast. We are back once again as we talk again all things football in a time where there's no football actually on. So I'm your host Andy and I'm this week joined by our regulars, our first guest, Arsenal through and through, Ryan Masanji. How are you mate? I'm wonderful, thank you Andy. Good to hear. And our other Arsenal fan is here as well, we're here with Naeem, how are you? Yeah, I'm all good here, I'm all good. Great stuff. And finally, in what sounds like a tornado, we're here with Jonathan somewhere in the world. How are you, mate? I'm doing all right. How are you? Um, not bad. Um, I've got a vent I want to get across. I'm, I want to get across. So yesterday I went to Wimbledon. Uh, you, you've seen that on our TikTok, my Instagram, that I went there. And I got a National Express to get there, well, get to London. And basically, the National Express got to my stop and just drove off without me. So I'm very annoyed at National Express. So <laughs> if you, I, I, I wish I remembered his name now, but like whoever you are, can't believe, can't believe this. It's like uh, that was not what, what, mean, actually. What did it do? It slow down and like, drove off or something? It just drove off. I, I was, I was, I was waving at the bus and everything, and um, yeah, it just drove off without me. And it, it was, it was four in the morning as well. It was four. Well, when you, when you told me this um, story yesterday, and the vengeance in your typing messages and <laughs> it, it sounded like that this dude had just massacred your family or something like yeah <laughs> it's not like okay. you had it was it was real heartbreaking because i was there like chasing down this bus at four in the morning like running my fastest and uh it was just i didn't beat the machine but um yeah but that does lead on to something that has annoyed me in the world of football recently and i want to get your boys thoughts on this jack Grealish just won the premier league he has every right to enjoy himself. So why it's a noise that he's getting so much stick? I mean, cheating on his, the cheating on his girlfriend thing, fair enough. But apart from that, I do not get why he's being criticised so heavily compared to other footballers who are like through and other so heavily compared to the rest. And it's really annoying me because it's he should be allowed to. He just won his Premier League, his first Premier League as well, and he's a young lad. He's what's he, 21, 22, I don't know how old he is, but. He's a young lad. He deserves to have a good time. And we've seen De Bruyne and Van Dijk go on holiday to Ibiza. We saw Fabinho go to Mykonos. And none of them seem to be getting as much shake as him. I think maybe it's because he's the poster boy for England or he's like sort of, you know, he's a good looking one and everyone sort of talks about him. But what are your boys' thoughts on this? Do you think that people are right to criticise Jack Greenish or do you think he's got every right, like myself, to um, for him to go and enjoy himself? He's got every right to enjoy himself. At the end of the day, being a footballer is a job. He's on in off season. He's you know that. What, what do they expect them to do? What to stay indoors and like not enjoy their summer? Like, yeah, it's it's just stupid, really. Like the people are trying to make a story out of nothing. Let's let the guy enjoy himself. If he was doing it during season, you know, getting drunk all the time, blah blah blah, then that would be a problem. But you know, it's not even pre season. Well, it's pre season now, but he's just enjoying himself. Just leave him alone, really. This. People have to moan about what other people are doing. Just focus on your own self rather than comment on other people. But yeah, he's got every right to do what he want, wants to do, really. On because since he's on holiday, like when normal people go on holiday, you know they might let loose sort of thing. But obviously, because in a way you're not in a public eye, you won't obviously get judged too much. But yeah, it, just let him enjoy himself, really. That's what I say. And what are your thoughts, Ryan? Just that the media in this country are a bunch of pricks, really. Mm. Um, <laughs> oh, my badge is my match of the day ringtone going off um that was match of the day that was yeah <laughs> um 
yeah, no, regarding, I mean, it's a, it's been a common theme amongst uh, English footballers, though, hasn't it, for a, quite a long time. I remember back in 2006 World Cup, obviously it happened then when you had all the stories with like the England wags and that. And even from like, then to now, I think one of the harshly affected uh, footballers, Raheem Sterling, probably more mm. than most, but they all get it, like, and it, it seems to be more, you know, towards English players more than anything, which is weird because we like to hype our players up as well so much. So it, it, it's a really strange one. Like, he's not. It, it's where you draw the line. I mean, it's not just him either. Obviously, he's been out there, you know, getting smashed with Declan Rice and, you know, whoever else has been out there with, and you know, the other English players. I'm sure have been. Know, on holidays and whatnot, and just probably not in the same kind of limelight. So it's uh, it, it, you said it yourself. Like say, they're just people just trying to make stories out of out of nothing. People have got nothing better to do with their lives than just report on absolute nonsense. So yeah, just let the geese enjoy himself. Yeah, and Jonathan, your thoughts as well. Yeah, it seems to be just English footballers in general. Um, you know, Jack Grealish had. I don't know if it's a disappointing season, but maybe he didn't perform up to the expectations in terms of goals and assists that many thought he could in his first season after, you know, a hundred million pound transfer at least. So the media is giving him a little stick for that, seeing him party in the summer um, instead of working game at the moment. But yeah, it's just the media, no big deal. It is what it is. Fair enough, fair enough. Right. So today's podcast is, again, one of our off-season specials. But this week, we gave you, during the season, our top 10 managers currently in the world. We are now going to give you our top 10 managers of all time. So from sounds like from our chats before we recorded this podcast, that we tend to have gone a lot for terms of the trophies about impact people make. So it's intriguing what they're gonna, people are going to put down. So... We're going to head, first of all, to Ryan. So, Ryan, who is your number 10? Well, disclaimer before we start, this is going to cause arguments. And if you're going to cry about it, then I would not recommend you listen on because there's some controversial picks in here, especially in the order that they're gone. But number 10 for me, I've gone with Matt Busby. Ooh, okay. Um, yep. Obviously, for those who are not aware of who he is, maybe our younger audience or whatnot, basically, former manager of Manchester United, was there for a, a very, very long time in different spells. Won, you know, a fair few trophies. I think five league titles, a few charity shields, a couple of FA Cups, and a Champions League. But it's more in the way that he did it, I suppose. After obviously. You know, you had the Munich air disaster, which obviously wiped out a lot of that Manchester United squad. And the fact that he was successful in different spells at the club. And again, the way he did it, for me, uh, there's no way that he would not be on my list. Yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, he was in my honourable mention list. I will mention that later on as well. But Matt Busby, yeah, I think, I think you know, if it wasn't for that crash, I think that team could have won so many more trophies than they did. And I think a truly tragic event like that, 
um, yeah, it seems to have really, or for, for a little bit, obviously impacted them. But I think he did so well to get them back to, you know, how they were before. Um, next up, we're going to head to Jonathan. Now, Jonathan, who is at number 10 for you? My number 10 is a legend. It's going to be Marcelo Bielsa. I mean, his squat, that bucket on the sidelines just speaks for itself. Um, it's iconic. The interviews he's given, some of the best we've ever seen. But, I mean, his work with the old boys in Argentina, he's a legend down there. He's earned basically cult status as a national team coach to revive um, that team in Chile. And then the work he did with Leeds United to get them seemingly and possibly back into the Premier League after so many years of difficult times and, you know, moments where it seems like they would never, ever get back to the first division. Um, just, you know, just considered a legend and that guy at so many different clubs around the world and the stories that go along with his time serving as manager of, you know, the spying that was done at Leeds or supposedly he, some old boys fans were upset with him at a certain point and he pulled out a grenade and threatened to pull the pin when fans came up to confront him. Um, Pep Guardiola, Guardiola has called him the best in the world and so many other coaches have praised him for his tactics and, you know, how he's taught the next generation of managers coming up. So, you know, he has to be on my list, especially. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I still think Leeds should never have got rid of him, but at the same time, at the time, I thought, you know, it was the right decision because he was doing badly. But I think if they had just survived this year, I think he would, next year would have done well with him again. Um, now, number 10 for Naeem. Uh, Naeem, who is 10th for you? My number 10 is exactly the same as Ryan's, Matt Busby. There's only much more I can really say that he hasn't already, but yeah, what he what he'd done, obviously, after the Munich air disasters. Pretty incredible, really. You know, obviously, have to rebuild the squad again. You know, he's um, he obviously won in their first ever European uh, Cup. So, for that, he is my number 10. Fantastic. Right. So, my number 10. Now, I've mentioned, I've honorable mentions, first of all. One of them was Busby. Bill Shankly's one of them for what he did uh, for Liverpool in terms of transforming, um, you know, transforming them from a second division side to winning European Cups. And my other one, Ryan's going to hate this, Arsene Wenger's just missed out. I was torn between him and my number 10 um, because he's won seven FA Cups. He's a Champions League runner-up, three-time Premier League winner. Um, and he was oh so close. And I think that, you know, if Fatih had done more since one European Cup or something, or maybe if they'd won a few more Premier Leagues, maybe then he could be in the top 10. But my number 10 is to no shock to anyone. And Jurgen Klopp. I've got, um, I know I put him in number one in current managers, but I think sadly his trophy hall doesn't quite get him in that in terms of his world status. But um, I think that the, re the only reason why I, put, I was torn between him and Wenger for number 10, it was because only reason why is because he won a league in multiple countries. That's the only reason why he's challenged Bayern's dominance. He's challenged Man City's dominance. Without him, City would have won the league, two more leagues. Two of their leagues, I should say, by much more points, and they may have even won one more. He's won two Bundesligas. He's won a what, DFB Bokal. He's won one Champions League and got to three finals. 
Uh, he's won a Premier League, FA Cup, League Cup and Club World Cup with Liverpool. I think that you know, everyone goes on about the fact that he spent money, but a lot of it is down to net spend. And I do feel that what he's done to compete with Man City all these years with a much, much, much lower net spend. With a net spend, I think it's ninth or eighth it was last year. And for what he's done to transform in Liverpool from absolutely nowhere to where they are now, as well as do the same thing with Dortmund, uh, I think for that reason alone, as well as his overall just management style, I've got to put him in somewhere. And also, of course, being a Liverpool fan, being such a big hero of mine, got to be in there somewhere. But sadly, the nine managers ahead of my list have got way more trophies. And I think that, sadly for Klopp, puts them over him. But we are now going to head over to number nine. Uh, first of all, Ryan, actually I want to get your thoughts. Uh, Wenger not being in my top ten, is that something that's wrong? Or what are your thoughts on that? Of course it's fucking wrong. <laughs> I, I, knew, I was betting a big reaction when I said it, that he's an honourable mention. But, um, yeah. I, wanted, I, I waited to hear your reasoning for it. And, yeah. <laughs> I'll wait because he is in my top ten, but I'll wait till... I get to that number before I say why. Fair enough. Now, has anyone got Bob Bradley in their top ten? That is the real question. <laughs> anyone got him in their top ten? He wouldn't. Yeah. You have to wait and find out. out. <laughs> it was a close call. Close call. <laughs> oh, I said Bob. I think he's by far maybe the worst Premier League manager I've ever seen. <laughs> uh, now, number nine, we're heading to now. Now, number nine, our first contestant if you, you could like you could say is Naeem so Naeem who is your number 10 number nine uh my number nine I've gone for someone that's gone down in history obviously he's no longer with us sadly but I've gone for Johan Cruyff um obviously he managed Ajax first before he managed Barcelona you know he won a few cups there with them but he had his uh, more successful stint with Barcelona um he won quite a few La Ligas in a row he he won a European Cup. He won a cup. He won a cup winners cup as well. But yeah, um, it's more more so of his legacy really because obviously Pep Guardiola is like kind of likened this style of play to obviously the way he played. You know, he's he's kind of this, he's kind of influenced a lot of managers to come now. Obviously, the, the way they play and yeah, he was a great player as well. Um, obviously, it was way before my time, but obviously researching him and everything uh yeah he's he's definitely one of the greats to obviously grace the game and he done quite well as a manager so yeah i've gone for him as my ninth pick as manager of all time fantastic fantastic so i'll go next number nine now my number nine was a manager i never thought i'd be putting in his top 10 before we did agree to do this podcast style because from what i knew he was a bang average manager for ireland i didn't know he was that successful. But I've got number nine, Giovanni Trapattoni. Now, my only memory of him really was him managing Ireland and not doing particularly well. But look, listen here to his trophy hall. He's won seven Serie A's, which is six with Juve, one with Inter Milan. He's won two Coppa Italias. He's won a Champions League with Juventus in 1985. He's won a Bundesliga, a DFB Bacal, a Portuguese, one Portuguese League title and an Austrian League title. So the amount of league titles he's won is incredible. And I think for me to do that and win Europe as well and win the Bundesliga, win multiple league trophies, albeit the last two aren't exactly big tro- big leagues to win. But even so, I thought he... Matt, he's won. He has to be in there somewhere. And that's why I've got Trapattoni as my number ninth. So next up, we're going to have... Go back to Ryan on this one. 
Um, so, Ryan, who is your number nine? My number nine is Brian Clough. Um, again, our younger audience may not know too much about him, but they've probably heard his name. This is someone that won back then the first division title with Derby County. Similar kind of style maybe to Leicester. Derby won a big team back then and obviously it was a you know it was great success and what was even more amazing about his career is the fact that he managed to repeat that feat with their arch rivals Nottingham Forest and uh, the fact that you look at what he achieved with Nottingham Forest two first division titles uh, four league cups charity shield and obviously the 1979 Champions League, and then a year later he retained it as well, which is obviously a remarkable feat, considering Nottingham Forest were virtually sort of unknown really back then. So for me, again, someone who I had to include on the list. Fair enough. He's actually someone I, I haven't got on my list, but he's someone, again, that I probably should have had my honourable mention, because I think he, again, was such a big character and he was a massive success in his managerial career. Um yeah, so it's a shame really that you know he is gone because he was a character. But um, and of course, when Forrest went back up, I'm sure he was looking over on them at Wembley Stadium with with great pride. Um, finally, number nine for Jonathan. Who is your number nine? This might be a little bit recency bias, but I do have Jurgen Klopp. I think a lot ah, of people. Good man, good man. <laughs> I like that. You're welcome. Uh, I think a lot of people forget he was. Relegated with Mainz um, and couldn't gain promotion back to the Bundesliga, so he resigned in 2008. And a few years later, away from football, was actually able to get the Borussia Dortmund job and turned around his managerial career. You know, league titles with Dortmund, and he's finished second so many times, not only with Dortmund, but with Liverpool and in both league competitions, but as well as Europe. But you know, was able to get that big Premier League title for Liverpool as well as the Champions League. And I think his impact on heavy metal football and gegenpressing as well has completely changed the way so many teams, you know, the way they play um, today. And he's had such a great impact, him and Guardiola, and um, just on how modern football is run. No, I'm very glad I got a second person on board with Klopp being in this. Um, now, now to number eight. Um, I'll go first on this one. Um, I've gone for an old manager, someone I actually didn't know. I didn't know about, so I did some research. A guy called Heleno Herrera, um, very influential for Italian football. He solved the the benchmark. He kickstarted his very the defensive football era. We've seen the dominant defensive we've seen with Italian football. Um, he challenged AC Milan's dominance, um, and he's won a total four La Ligas, two 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 with Barcelona. Two with Atletico Madrid, two two Copa del Rey with Barcelona, three Serie A's with Inter Milan. He won two European Cups in a row with Inter Milan, and then won a Copa Italia with Roma. I think again we mentioned before that we're going to have some managers here based on impact. I think here you've got a guy who's had an impact on Italian football and also won a lot of trophies in multiple countries. So number eight for me is Heleno Herrera. Now we are going to head to Ryan for his number eight. Jurgen Klopp is number oh, eight for me. He's got him in. He's got him in. I he's he in there. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Um, I went with him 
just because mainly for his last couple of years of why he's transformed Liverpool simply because before he obviously took over at Liverpool. I know Brendan Rodgers did a, a decent job there and they kind of were building something and then obviously they lost Luis Suarez and Raheem Sterling and then went a little while later. But uh, for me, he, you know, he's gone in there, you know, you've only got to Google it and look at the first couple of lineups he had. It was truly awful. And he's yes, they've spent money, but they haven't spent money in the same essence of Manchester City and United and Chelsea. Um, you know, they spent shrewdly and he's been a big part of that. And I've read a little, lot about it and he's very influential when it comes to transfers and when it comes to, you know, making sure players feel welcome there. And I think just, again, the impact that he had on the Premier League, how he's changed it, how likeable he is and the trophies that he's won. Again, he, you know, out in Germany as well, he, uh, he won titles there. So for me, I've put him on there. And again, with my list, although certain other managers from the older periods may have won more trophies and may have had slightly bigger impacts, but I think we have to remember as well, obviously the earlier on we go through time, you know, leagues didn't have as many teams in, the quality wasn't quite the same. So you've got to always take those things into perspective. So for me, he was number eight. Yeah, and I think for me, I know I doubt you've listened to this podcast, but if you are, Jürgen, I just <laughs> want to say you've done so much for my club. I, I can't thank you enough. But um, yeah, I, I think when, when I was writing down my notes so. about um, Premier League, like what each manager had won, it was just still hit, still sunk in that. You know, writing down one Premier League and bracket Liverpool was just still so great to be writing down. So um, yeah, amazing stuff. Um, right. Next, number eight, is going to be from Jonathan. Now, Jonathan, who is eighth on your list? I have the special one, Jose Mourinho. Um, you know, not exactly the most attractive football, but, you know, he's, his work speaks for itself. An unbelievable Champions League title with Porto that today just seems unimaginable and may likely never happen again with the Portuguese club. He's... Won the UEFA treble now, and his antics are just so memorable on and off the pitch. Been with so many of the top clubs in the world, and to do this all with basically parking the bus style of play, um, pretty amazing. And yeah, he has to be on this list. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, finally, we're going to head to Naeem for his number eight. Right. Um, yeah, mine's the same as Jonathan. Um, Jose Mourinho. Uh, there's not really much more I can say, but obviously he his style of play is quite negative. But everywhere he goes, he pretty much wins, apart from Tottenham. But they did sack him before the final, so I guess he still got them to a final, which is quite a lot for Tottenham. But yeah, you know, he won UEFA Cup uh, back in 2003 with Porto. Then he won the Champions League the next year um, with the same team. Obviously, when he came into Chelsea. He won the league back to back. Also, went in league where, which had obviously Fergie and Wenger obviously dominating. Yeah, obviously, he is, he is someone you love to hate. Really, like either like him or you hate him. Really, but you can't deny what he's done in the game. Um, he's pretty much a proven winner, and yeah, he he's, he can now say he's only 
managed to win all three major European trophies. So, yeah, he's my eighth pick, uh, Jose Mourinho. No, and I think that's um, also might as well go on to me next because I've got him number seven. Um, <laughs> I think he's had a. I think if it wasn't for how his career's gone in the last, say, five years or so, you could argue maybe he could be higher than this. But I think that um, that's why he's pointing higher. But mm. you can't you can't ignore what he did, especially from the early 2000s until probably mid 2010s. He's won two Portuguese league titles. He won the UEFA Champions League as both Porto and Inter Milan. He's won the UEFA Cup with both Porto and Manchester United. He's won three Premier Leagues and an FA Cup with Chelsea. He's won four League Cups, three with Chelsea, one with Man U. He's won a La Liga title, a Copa del Rey final, and of course, most recently, a UEFA Europa Conference League final. And I think that his football, obviously right now, is outdated, but at the time when he was in his pond, that football was the go-to football, and he was a master of it. And, you know, any final that Chelsea were in, you could almost guarantee they did win it because he was a manager, pretty much. And I think that, you know... The year they won the league was just one loss. They only conceded 15 goals or something like that. That team they had, the second league they won, was incredible. You know, he bought a back elite title after 50 years for Chelsea. And then he went again and won it again. He left the club, won a Champions League, La Liga, came back to the club, won a Premier League again with Chelsea. And he's, you know, he's a controversial figure at, at best uh, at times. And um, But what a manager he's been over his career. Uh, I think he can still be a really successful manager for a team like Roma. That's not a Champions League contender, but not like relegation to someone who's fighting for Europa League and that kind of level. I think he'll still. Just, I think he seems happy in Roma. I, I saw the links with PSG that obviously now we know aren't, isn't going to happen. I would not want him to go there because I think where he is now, I think it's absolutely perfect for him. He's bought a European title for the first time in ages, and he's you know seems to be doing well there. So. Jose Mourinho, number seven for me. We're going to head now back to Ryan. Uh, Ryan, who is your number seven? As someone who I didn't want to have to put on this bloody list, <laughs> but didn't really have any other option. And, and uh, same as you, Andy, it's Jose Mourinho. You, know, you lot have just pretty much said all I need to say about it. So don't really need to go much further, do I? No. <laughs> Fair play, fair play, yeah. Special one. I think he's the first manager, I believe, to be on the list of all four people so far. Um, yep. Klopp's got two. Busby's got two. So far, Cruyff has one. Um, so, yeah. Um, well done, Mourinho. have been the first manager to make it on all four. Um, now, next up for us is going to be back to Jonathan for your number seven. For seven, I have Giovanni Trapattoni. Ooh, in four different European countries, most consider him the greatest Italian coach ever. Uh, his work with Juve speaks for itself. Um, great coach. He's, he's been everywhere. He's worked with so many different clubs. And, yeah, I mean, if you're considered the greatest Italian coach ever, it's uh, a well-deserved place on the list. No, absolutely fair enough. Um, now, finally, on number seven, the final one is coming from Naeem again. Um, so, Naeem. Who is your number seven? Um, it'll be a little bit biased, but I've gone for Arsene Wenger. Um, you know, obviously when he when he came to England, he was always in Japan at the time. No one really ever heard of him. He came in, you know, 
he he brought in a good style of uh, football. A lot of people copied, you know, but he changed the way obviously diets are in, in this country as well, especially with Arsenal. You know, he went, went the whole season unbeaten, um, a feat no other Premier League manager has done as of yet. And yeah, although he although he didn't win in Europe, um, you can't doubt what he did domestically. Um, obviously challenged Man United at a time where they were quite dominant. And yeah, he although obviously he his latter years weren't the greatest, um, he obviously still managed to pick up um, some FA Cups and obviously he's won the most FA Cups as a manager, um, something that I don't think any other manager will do. But yeah, there's just his influence really on in, on the English game when he came in, to be fair. Um, the way he scouted players, maybe he brought in some gems. But yeah, I've gone for him as number seven. He would have been a bit higher if he, you know, maybe won a few more Premier League titles and done done a bit done some stuff in Europe but yeah he's he's my that's my pick. Yeah I think definitely I think that team probably should have won in Europe. I think Ryan made a great point. I don't know whether it's in the podcast or whether it's in the, just a private chat we had where he said Ryan that if Burkamp wasn't scared of flying Arsenal may have won the European Cup. But I think you're right because he missed so many European away games. Mm. Um but I think that team was amazing. And team, I think that's one of the best teams we've seen in terms of actually to watch in the Premier League, I mean, points total, you can obviously look at other things in the 12 draws, but for the actual watching, of watching that team, how good they were to, as a team to watch, they're one of the best I've seen really in the Premier League of team. You know, Perez, Henri, Burkamp, Vieira, Ashley Cole, all these players like Sol Campbell's, well, that team they had was so good to watch and he was the reason for that. It's not like, it's so good to watch and he was, the reason for, I remember listening to a podcast actually today, or was it yesterday? One of the two days I listened to a podcast on the way back or on the way to Wimbledon um, with, who was it with? David Seaman. And he was saying about the impact he had straight away. I mean, he's saying that like Ian Wright was talking about how he'd be putting like creatine on their food and, you know, Wenger didn't sort of try and subtly bring it in. He sort of straight away, this is what you're doing, this is what you're not doing. You're eating this, you're eating that. And he, Mate, and they were thinking at first what's happening. And then they saw the results on the pitch and in training, and they just saw a massive, massive difference. Difference. And I think he is obviously the way football's gone out, sport in general, um, with like sports science and all that. You know, he started all that back in the nineties, and I think he's played a huge part in how football is today. And Seaman made a great point that he's probably added a couple of years on some players' careers with you know getting rid of the drinking culture, introducing better diets and all that. So I think he really was before his time, really, we think about it. So, yeah, Wenger, he was, I really wanted to put him in, but I, I just I just couldn't get him in somehow. Um, now, on to number six now. So, we're going to head, first of all, we're going to head to Ryan. So, Ryan, um, who is number six for you? The man we've just been speaking about. Ah, perfect uh, timing. Yes, Arsene Wenger, he had to go on this list for me 100% even if I wasn't an Arsenal fan you've only got you know we've just mentioned there the the influence he had on so many players and when you when you actually hear how he's spoken about by by so many legends of the game for me that tells me everything I need to know the again like the impact he made on players diets the way he changed how players played as well and again like I think a lot of people as well don't just look at what he did at Arsenal. You know, he won three, uh, 
two league titles with Monaco as well. Um, won a league title out in Japan as well for Grampus. And for me, he's just someone who transformed English football, uh, the style that he brought into play as well. And he did it all without spending much money as well, even for that era. You know, the players that he, he brought in, in which... And these players as well, they weren't setting the world on fire when he brought them in, the likes of Thierry Henry and Dennis Bergkamp, Robert Perez, Freddie Lundberg. You know, these players were playing at a good level, don't get me wrong, but they weren't world beaters when he already brought them in. He transformed their game. And for me, he obviously transforming Thierry Henry into, for me and for many people, to become the greatest player in Premier League history. Uh, you've got to look at all of those little aspects. And again, He's won trophies as well. The unbeaten season for me, as time goes on, more and more people call it overrated. And I never understand that for me because you can look at the draws, fair enough. But, you know, they still won the title and they did it without losing a single game. And I don't think that will ever be being in the Premier League. Not Manchester City haven't been able to do it with all the money they've spent. Liverpool haven't done it. So Alex Ferguson, you know, he said it himself in an interview. It's... It's the greatest achievement by any manager in history. And for someone like him to say that as well, for me, it says it all. So I'd like to have put him a little bit higher. And as Naeem said, if he did maybe won a Premier League, maybe, you know, in the 2010 kind of era, or had he got that elusive Champions League, he would have been a lot higher for me. But this was as high as I could put him. Yeah. For me, one of the best, and everything you say now is completely right, you know, absolutely game-changer, really. Um, and I think that I also agree with you about the whole people saying um, the Invincibles is underrated, overrated, I should say, because if that was the case, why has no one else done it? I mean, it happened, was it Preston years ago? I won't say years, like, in the, maybe before the war times or something, but, mm-hmm. um, like, you got, like we haven't done it, City haven't done it, Manny never did it in their glory days. I don't even want the treble, but um yeah, couldn't agree more. Um I think Chelsea would have came the closest with their one loss. I think, you know, we lost our first game in March when he won the league. But yeah, I think for me the twelve draw thing gets overused way too much. I think it's just maybe even recency bias or just people maybe forgetting that era about that that no one's done that since. And I know Ty likes to always mention it, but even so no one's done it for a reason, and that, I think that's why they are one of the best teams ever we've seen in the Premier League. Um, now, number six, we're going to head next over to Naeem. Now, Naeem, who is your number six? My number six is a manager that's already been mentioned in someone else's list. I've gone for Brian Clough, um, simply for the fact what he'd done at Nottingham Forest, you know, he won, like, like Ryan mentioned before, he won two European Cups back to back. Obviously, that hasn't been, they haven't, they haven't done anything since then. You know, they got relegated in the 90s. So, yeah, what his impact on football as well. Obviously, people do consider him to be the greatest manager of the English game. Um, so, yeah, I've gone for him as my number six in my list. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Yeah, I think. Um, of course, fun fact for those who don't know, he was a manager when Forest last won the Premier League. I think they were literally were in the first ever season and never went back, I believe. So, um, yeah, I think he was truly, you know, 
one of the best of his era. So um, got no problem with him being a number six. Um, next, we're going to head over to uh, Jonathan. Now, Jonathan, who is your number six? I have Arrigo Sachi. Uh, he was actually never a professional footballer and for many years worked as a shoe salesman. Um, but that AC Milan team he coached in the late 1980s is considered one of the best of all time. He worked his way up through um, the Italian uh, football leagues, the old-fashioned way. Um, you know, turned out one of the greatest teams of all time, and then eventually became the Italian national national team coach. Uh, had some great defensive play, and I like to look at coaches and managers who had a great impact on others and on the game in which we see today. So I think, you know, his impact on total football and everything. Um, such as that was just so massive and completely influenced the way in which we play football today, as well as many managers that came directly after him. Yeah, I have again no problem with that. That team was really good, so um, yeah, no problem at all. Um, my number six is another one that's been mentioned previously. Uh, I've gone for a man, you know, world's number five. He's one of the best ever player turned to one of the best ever managers, and similar to my number four. He had a real influence on style of play. I've gone for Johan Cruyff. Um, he won two European Cup winners' cups, one with Ajax, one with Barcelona, won two Dutch Cups, three La Ligas, Copa del Rey and European Cup. And, of course, everyone knows what he's like as a player. But I think, for me, he's where he is because he had a real impact on the, the, the sort of the great Ajax team that he had at Barcelona. The way he got teams playing and the impact he had on that sense of things is amazing. And I think... Yeah, no, he's by far the best manager in terms of being the best player and manager combination. Uh, brilliant player and brilliant manager as well. So I've got Johan Cruyff as my number six. So back to you, Jonathan, for your number five. For my number five, I have Mr. Don Carlo himself, Carlo Ancelotti. Four Champions League titles now and the only manager to win titles in all five of Europe's top leagues. And purely the fact that everybody loves him, players, fans, and fellow coaches alike. Um, you know, I think this past season, especially with Real Madrid, cemented his place as one of the greatest managers of all time. Yeah. Amazing, amazing manager. And no shock that he will be in my list somewhere along the way. Uh, but absolutely brilliant manager. Um, Naeem, back to you. Who is fifth on your list? There's <laughs> um, one that's been mentioned. It is Carlo Ancelotti. Oh. Um, yeah, so basically he's, he's had a managerial career spanning about 30 years to date. Like obviously Jonathan said, he's won the league in all in um, in the top five five leagues in the world. Well, in Europe, should I say? Um, yeah, he's just he's just he's kind of like stood the test of time, really. You know, um, won the Champions League this this recently, won it obviously twice for Real Madrid. Uh, he's part part of that um, managed managed that great AC Milan sign during like the early noughties. And yeah, he's just he's got quite a lot of trophies in his cabinet. And yeah, that's why he's down as my top five manager of all time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely fair play there. Um, now, Ryan, who is your number five? 
my number five is someone you mentioned a little while ago, and that is Helenio Herrera. And again, I, I'll be honest, this is not someone who I knew about before. I did my research, but when you look at what he done, you can see why you know he's labelled with terms as important, influential, and one of the most successful managers in football history. You know he, according to my research, you know pioneered the use of psychological motivating skills and just made players believe that they were going to win. And the fact that he picked up sixteen major trophies in his time as a manager, you know, Atletico Madrid winning league titles and then winning win at Barcelona as well, Inter Milan, you know, two European Cups for them and an Italian Cup with Roma. So for me, he just because of the trophy span and with the clubs where he won it and all the other little bits and pieces that he did as well. He uh, he had to be quite high up on my list, so he's number five. Yeah, again, amazing achievement he did for, for that era. Um, now, my number five is someone that you may think could be higher, but I think that, you know, he's still one of the best managers right now, as well as all time. I've gone for Pep Guardiola. That's my number five. Um, I mean, looking at his trophy hall, three La Ligas, Two Copa del Reyes, uh, two Champions Leagues with Barcelona, and a runners-up medal with Man City. Three Club World Cups, three Bundesligas, four Premier Leagues, one FA Cup, and four League Cups. I think that the only reason why he's not higher, despite that trophy haul, is because he has had a lot of money to spend. I know it's that's the where we are these days, but um, you know he's been lucky to have Messi and all these players, and he's just bought players for fun at City, but still. Even with that, he's still the way he's got these teams playing. I mean, I know with you know with Bayern City, he's not won the Champions League, but he's absolutely dominated the, 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 both those leagues. And you know, to get was it ninety three four points this year? He got ninety eight points one year. He got a hundred points one year as well. I mean, that's something unheard of in the Premier League. And th- that Bath team we saw uh, that went after he placed Rijkaard, absolutely brilliant team to watch. It's the best club team we've seen ever in our lifetimes. And I think we'll ever see that Barcelona team. 09, 2011, whichever one you prefer. Either way, both incredible teams. You know, the tiki-taka style of play, the sheer dominance of the ball on their feet. You know, that team they had was incredible. And he's gone to City, and they're one of the best teams we've seen in the Premier League era as well. You know, De Bruyne, uh, Raheem Sterling, Mares, Aguero back in the day, Fernandinho, Vincent Company, Edison now, Cancelo... All these players they've got and the way he's got them playing, outstanding. And it makes you also realize how bad Pellegrini is as a manager if he couldn't get a win in the Premier League apart from one year with that team he had. Pep Guardiola for me, brilliant stuff. Um, and yeah, he's my number five. So heading back to Naeem now, who is your number four? My number four is Giovanni Trapattoni. He is the most successful Italian manager in terms of trophies won. Um, like what, like what you guys said before, you know, he's won, he's won countless Serie A's, one in Germany, one in Portugal, one in Austria as well, and obviously won a Nations Cup with Republic of Ireland. So I've gone for him for number five because obviously his managerial career um, spanned over five decades, and obviously to last that long, you've got to be half decent, and he's got the trophies to back it up as well. So he is my number four pick on my list. Fantastic. So now heading back to my number four, 
Um, it's going to be Rhinus Mikels. Now, he's the man responsible for total football. Kind of play we see these days, you know, a very press orientated style of play. Um, he's managed some legendary teams, famous Ajax team, the famous Holland teams, and we've also managed Barcelona. He's won four Dutch League titles. He's won a European Cup with Ajax and also finished runners-up. He's won a La Liga, Copa del Rey. He's won a Euros with Holland, uh, finished runners-up runners in the World Cup in 1974, and he was named in 1999 the FIFA coach of the century. Um, so, yeah, he, he's probably in my list somewhere. Again, I'm not, I didn't know too much about him before, you know, reading up on, on research before this podcast. I knew of these teams he managed, but I never realised it was him who was managing. But, yeah, outstanding, you know, similar to Johan Cruyff, um, in terms of the impact he had on sort of football and style of play. Same with Helena Herrera. Um, yeah, has to be in there somewhere. What a manager. And, yeah, number four, he is. So we're going to head back to Ryan. Who is number four for you? Pep Guardiola. Okay. Number four for me. Uh, again, I mean, you went for it very nicely there. Someone who's just won a shit ton of trophies in multiple leagues. And again, we mentioned the fact that he's pretty much always had the best team in those leagues. But you could argue maybe against that. I think City and Liverpool's teams have been almost on par with each other the last couple of seasons. And there's obviously there's been nothing in it between a pair of them. In Germany, you could argue it was his easiest time, really, because his Bayern team were miles better than the rest. Barcelona, again, he just, you know, the transformation of that club under him was just remarkable and um, bringing, I mean, he didn't, I know he didn't bring through Messi, that was more Frank Rijkaard, but the way he sort of trans, helped transform him into becoming, the, you know, the greatest player of all time. So, yeah, uh, just for the sheer amount of trophies that he's won and the, and the style that he did it for me, he was always going to be high. Uh, I was going to put him a little bit higher, but because of the achievements of the people in front, he had to go in fourth. Yeah, no fair play. Um, Jonathan, who's number four for you? For me, I have Johan Cruyff. His implementation of total football had a great influence on those great Ajax teams, Barcelona. He pretty much single-handedly was the reason for the development of Ajax and how good their academy still is to this day. And, of course, that dream team at Barcelona, just one of the greatest players ever who became one of the greatest managers ever. Yep, that's fair enough, fair enough. Um, now we're going to head first. For the, now we're in our top three now. And first of all, in our top three, we're going to head back to Ryan. So, Ryan, who is number three for you? Number three for me is a Liverpool legend, Bob Paisley. Mm -hmm. Number three for me. You know, people obviously talk about Bill Shankly, but when you look at what Bob Paisley did for that Liverpool team, it's just incredible. In just nine years, he won 19 trophies, which is mental when you think about it. Like six league titles, couple of League Cups, some charity shields as well. And obviously, his, probably his greatest achievement is leave, uh, leading Liverpool 
to uh, three Champions Leagues. You know, only manager, you know, only manager to win the competition three times back then as well. Um, you know, manager of the year, six years out of nine. Just incredible, really. So it was an easy choice to have him in my top three. Yep, and that's why he's my number three as well. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he is. um, There's so much for our team. I mean, Bill Shankly was the man who started it all, and then Paisley took over, and he just took it to a whole new level. I mean, Ryan mentioned his trophy hall there. Um, Absolutely incredible. Um, You know, the the six league, three league cups, three European cups, and the UEFA Cup. Of course, UEFA Cup back then that wasn't. It was more obviously back then there was only one person got into a Champions League and I think second place got to UEFA Cup. So a lot more better teams playing in that era than, than they do now in that tournament. Uh but yeah, I think Ryan summed up perfect perfectly really, uh, with that. Um, you know, that Liverpool team we had. I mean, the team we have now obviously hasn't got the trophies to, to match that Liverpool team that Pacey had, but I think um yeah, I think this team, the Dom of the Domers they had in that, in that era in the 70s and 80s, you know, was incredible. And I think Paisley, you know, he has to be in the top three for me. So that's why he's number three on my list. Um, Naeem, who is your third? <laughs> exactly <laughs> the same as you and Ryan. <laughs> oh, God. Um, there's not really much more I can say, really. Um you know, he's part of your dominance in the 70s and the 80s. Um, you know, he's won, won three European Cups. Obviously, like you said now, the um, Champions League is a bit different, obviously, the format. But, yeah, he's just um, a good factor in, obviously, your history and how and why he was, like, so dominant in the 70s and 80s, obviously, Bill Shankly as well. But, yeah, he just took, took you to another level. And, obviously, yeah, you were obviously one of the best teams um, through those two decades. So... Yeah, I'll go for him as my number two. Sorry, number three pick, sorry. Yeah, I mean, what more can we say, really? Now, is this going to be a clean sweep, Jonathan? Is Pop Hasty your number three, or is someone else your number three? No, I've got Pep Guardiola. Sorry to ruin the ruin the fun, but <laughs> um, a well-deserved number three. Most consecutive league games won in La Liga, the Bundesliga, and the Prem. Uh, just great work done at Barcelona, Bayern, and City. Endless titles and awards, and just that attractive possession-based style of football that we that we know so well. And yeah, I mean, especially that Barcelona team in the late two thousands was just a club you couldn't take your eyes off of. Must see TV, and when you play like that so consistently and set up your teams in such a way. You know, sure, especially at City, he's has hundreds of millions of pounds to work with, but um, you still have to set up a team, no matter the players you have, and, and for them to play like that so consistently well every single year over this decade-long period of time at least um, is phenomenal. It just shows how good of a coach he really is. Yeah, and I think that, I know I mentioned before that, you know, He's had all the things given to him, all the money given to him, all that. But even so, I think um, not sure what's going on in the background with that sound. But um, but yeah, I think people that like to always um, sort of I, I know I mentioned before about the fact that he's won it with you know spending of money and all that. But 
you can't deny what he's in. If you put like, like a, I love Gareth Gareth Ainsworth, the uh, Wickham manager. But if you put him managing his team, he would not. He would do nowhere near what Pep did. And you could argue that for other managers, even someone like Frank Lampard or someone like even Steven Gerrard. I think you put them. They would never do what he's done with that with these teams, whether it's Barca or City. So I think that the style of play he he has created, and you see him in all or nothing, how intense he is and how good he is as a coach. I think he's done such a good job. Is one weakness I'd say he does like to be trying to be different. Like the final, for example, the Champions League final where he played no holding mid against Chelsea. He does sometimes like to make these weird decisions with formations and lineups, but overall. You cannot argue what he has done. Um, right now, we're now on to our top two. Now, what we're going to do? Yeah, we're going to give our second each and then our first. Um, so, first of all, second is going to be Naeem. So, Naeem, who is number two on your list? My number two is Pep Guardiola. Obviously, he's still currently managing. Yeah, you guys have pretty much said everything I really wanted to say. Um, it's pretty much he was one. He pretty much wins every club he goes to. Obviously, last two clubs he hasn't really won the Champions League there. But what he does domestically in the league, the way he plays football, you know, yeah, you might say he has a um, lim- unlimited fund. But obviously, like Jonathan said, you still need to you still need to get the players playing. So. For that reason, I put him as number two, and because yeah, he pretty much dominated Premier League for the last couple of years. Obviously, Liverpool have been there as well, but yeah, uh, four Premier Leagues in five years—that's that's just pretty much pretty crazy, really. So, I've gone for him as number two because yeah, he's still got a long time left in his managerial career. I reckon depends whether he retires or not, but yeah, I've gone for him as number two because obviously the way he plays football as well and his dominance. Yeah, no fair play. Um, Jonathan, over to you. Who is number two on your list? I've got Renus Michaels on my list in the number two spot. You know, he is basically was basically the inventor of total football with um, Johan Cruyff, you know, which is sort of players switching positions, which creates that false nine and. And he sort of implemented the way of in the importance of where to run, where to stand and all of that movement sort of without the ball and trophies with Ajax Barcelona, FC Köln, and, you know, the Netherlands national team speaks for itself. As I think even in 2019, France football declared him the greatest coach in the history of football itself. So, um, you know, might not have as many trophies as some of the other guys in this list. But from a managerial perspective, from an influential perspective, um, a clear favorite and, and possibly the number one in terms of influence on the other managers and, and how we watch football today. Fair play. Um, so my number two is Carlo Ancelotti. I think that, you know, he's won so much trophies. And the reason why I put him so highly is for the fact that he's won so many trophies in so many different leagues. So he's won one Serie A with AC Milan. He's won four Champions Leagues, two with AC Milan, two with Real Madrid, including the most recent one. 
and one runners up, which I love to mention because that was that 2005 Istanbul comeback, which he lost. Um, two Club World Cups with both Real Madrid and AC Milan. He's won a Copa del Rey with Real Madrid. He's won a league earned title with PSG, a Premier League with Chelsea, an FA Cup with Chelsea, a La Liga with Real Madrid, and a Bundesliga with Bayern Munich. Uh, it was mentioned earlier that he's the first manager to win it, a league in five, five Europe's five biggest leagues. Um, I think that, you know, I'm sure we'll mention the same manager in a bit, but they only won two Champions Leagues. So the fact this guy's won four, two with two different clubs as well, so two each. He just kept going. Wherever he's gone, he guarantees success. I mean, I know I I love Jurgen Klopp, and I'm still going to be hiring him, but I initially wanted Ancelotti when we were choosing between the two. And obviously, I think he probably won't have the longevity or love with the fans that Klopp did. But I think he, for me, if anyone took his manager, he would guarantee him trophies. A bit like Mourinho, but even better. Um, I think he is outstanding as manager. He demands respect of his players. I mean, even with Everton, I know he did I know also he was obviously he didn't win anything there, but you see how the team's folded since he left. I mean, they finished seventh or eighth or ninth the year before last, and you know, at one point they were top of the league uh, in September, and then he leaves, and then you know, Rafa comes in and he's an outstanding manager. He's had a great career, but he couldn't do anything with this team, and it was the same team pretty much. They didn't lose anyone. Um, so that shows how good a job he's done and, you know, outstanding, really. Um, right, before we all give our number one, um, Ryan, who is number two for you? The same as Jonathan, Renus Michels, or however you pronounce his name. But, yeah, I mean, when you look at what he did, again, we've, we've all mentioned, obviously, the total football bit and whatnot and the trophy span that he collected and obviously interestingly in 1999 he was declared the manager of the century by FIFA I don't know if that's already been mentioned but it's uh it's an incredible honor to be given that so for me he was just my number two brilliant so on to number one now I could be wrong I've got a feeling we're all going to say the same person am I thinking on the right lines who knows you are you're wrong Am I wrong? Okay, so this is not what. Okay, so I'm gonna give mine, um, and I'll get, let Ryan say his afterwards. Mine is Sir Alex Ferguson. Um, for me, thirteen Premier Leagues, four Scottish Cups, three Scottish Premier Leagues, five FA Cups, four League Cups, two Champions Leagues, two Runners Up medals, and that was both to the great Barcelona team I mentioned just before. A Club World Cup, eleven-time Premier League Manager of the Season award. Four-time World Soccer Magazine World Manager of the Year award it has to be him because he's done it such, over such a long period. He's done it, you know. He won three these titles with Aberdeen, not with Celtic Rangers. He won these three Scottish titles with Aberdeen, and Celtic Rangers have always been a dominant team. So to do that, come to England, had a terrible first four years, whatever it was. Then he won the FA Cup. Then the rest is history. I mean, as a fan of Liverpool, you know, you always hate going against him because he was, you know, bane of my life as a child. But you cannot argue what he's done to go through player after player. I mean, he'd had he's had three different generations of his team in one era. He had the '99 team of the class '92. He had the Beckhams, the Giggs, the Scholes, the Schmeichel, and that era. Then it's over. And then he had the team with like Van Nistelrooy, Beckham, um, Roy Keane, you know, Gary Neville, Ronnie Johnson, 
gaps down. And then he had the next team, which had like the Tevez, Ronaldo, Rooney, the Van der Sars, the Ferdinand Vidic, Evra. He's had three, arguably, the best five teams of all time in the Premier League, you could argue, with that, those three generations. Absolutely outstanding. Um, you know, every year, man, you, you never really finished outside the top three ever in the Premier League era with Man U. I think he finished third a few times, second and first mostly. Um, outstanding, outstanding. And, you know, he made some players who were bang average look amazing. You know, John O'Shea, Wes Brown, Michael Carrick, sorry, Dan Fletcher, I should say. Um, these players that he were really mediocre, you know, he made them really good. And Jason Parks, the same thing, not mediocre, just very normal players. And the way he's got the playing off, you've seen how many have crashed since he left. I mean, you know, Okay, that final league title in 2013, Manny have never been the same since. Because, first of all, his name is repeatedly on the stadium, so it's repeatedly on the manager's mind. And you can see that pressure comes and goes, especially when he's there all the time. But you can't argue the success he's had. And I will have an issue with anyone. I know, Ryan, you mentioned you had someone different, but I can't see being anyone but Sir Alex Ferguson, if I'm honest. Uh, But, Ryan, who was your number one? But it can be someone different. And now I've gone with someone of recent years that has transformed a club that was going nowhere into one of the best clubs in the world currently. All of his young stars going from an assistant manager to a first-team manager. No, no, you can't. (laughs) So... (laughs) My number one is Mikel Arteta. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. Um, my number one, uh, same as everybody else's, Sir Alex Ferguson. It was the easiest choice on this list for me. And, uh, yeah, I mean, to win the amount of trophies that he won was just unreal, considering who he was up against as well. Obviously, Arsene Wenger's Arsenal. Then you had Mourinho's Chelsea. And even towards the end, sort of, you know, Man City was starting to, you know, come alive. And, you know, he um, he went up against them all and pretty much most seasons beat them. Uh, obviously, I think the only sort of team really that was consistently battling them was Arsene Wenger's Arsenal. But just the success is just ridiculous. So easy choice. And then Naeem, are you the same? Yep, exactly the same. So as Ferguson, um, yeah, pretty much dominated English football for a good while. Done well in Scotland as well. And yeah, he quite, he, you know, he influenced quite a lot of managers, didn't he? But um, yeah, what he done for Man United for the time he was there was just that's crazy, really. The amount of trophies he won. People might say he could have won more Champions Leagues, but that's neither, neither here or there. So I've gone for him as my number one manager of all time. And Jonathan. Is it a clean sweep? This time, this time around, it is. have to go with Sir Alex Ferguson. I mean, 48 tiles, most by any manager, speaks for itself. Just 26 years with Manchester United. And, you know, it's hard to imagine a manager today spending 26 years, straight years, as the manager and trainer of a club. Um, but just for Manchester United back then to know about this little word called patience which they seem to have nowadays and just trust the process to trust Ferguson and um, it eventually paid off pretty well in the end so 
I think they could learn a lot from that. I don't think they will. But, um, yeah, for him to be that long in a club and to do what he did, he has to be number one on the list. Absolutely. Now, bonus question for you guys. I've not asked, actually mentioned this question to you in the pre-prizes podcast recording, but I'm going to give you all a chance, before, just whilst I read out everyone's top tens, um, which current player do you guys feel would what could one day, in 20 years' time on a podcast, be in someone's list? current player anywhere in the world which current player do you think has a chance to become one of the best managers of all time so while you're thinking of that here are our top 10 so ryan's top 10 has matt busby number 10 number nine brian clough number eight is jürgen klopp with jose Mourinho number seven you had arson wenger number six helenia Herrera fourth pep guardiola sorry fifth pep guardiola fourth bob paisley third renus mikhail second and sir alex ferguson number one Naeem had also had Matt Busby number 10, Johan Cruyff number 9, Jose number 8 with Wenger number 7, Brian Clough number 6, Carlo Ancelotti number 5, Giovanni Trapattoni number 4, Bob Paisley number 3 with Pep in second and Sir Alex Ferguson number 1. Jonathan had Marcelo Bielsa as his number 10 with Jurgen Klopp 9th with Jose Mourinho in 8th, Trapattoni number 7 with Arrigo Sacchi number 6, Ancelotti number five with Cruyff number four, Pep third, Renus Pakal second, and then Sir Alex Ferguson number one. And in my top ten was Jurgen Klopp in ten, Trapattoni ninth, Herrera eighth, Jose Mourinho in seventh, Johan Cruyff sixth with Pep fifth, Renus Pakal in fourth, Bob Paisley in third, Ancelotti in second with Sir Alex Ferguson number one. Now, boys, I realise I've given you very short notice about this question, and I realise. It may be hard to think of a player, but have you guys got any players in mind? Yeah, um, I, I would. I would say Ronaldo, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I, I, obviously the way he's obviously the way his career has been over the last like two, three, two decades or so. I think him going into like being a coach or something. I think it would maybe even just a coach rather than a manager. Really, I think he'd be a good coach. Really, um, you know, he's. Won a Ballon d'Or kind of times, won so many trophies, broken so many records. I think him teaching, obviously, the younger generation, um, it, it would be a good thing. So I think he could get into management, but I can't see it happening. But you never know. Um, a lot anyone seems to be able to come a manager these days. So yeah, I, I reckon Ronaldo. Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely a trend these days, which is worrying future players that. People are getting jobs too early. Look at Frank Lampard got that shot job way too early. Uh, Henri with Monaco, Perdo was way too early with Juventus. That was even earlier than than Lampard's. And um, Mikel Arteta as well. Who, sorry? Arteta as well. Yeah, I mean, that came probably too early. But then again, yeah, so I think 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 now, I think a lot of teams these days are going for, I think because of Pep, because of Zidane, I think these players Mm -hmm. are, you know, they are. getting a job there because people think they can automatically replicate what the, what these two did. And I think that's Dan, also some maybe honourable mention, but maybe not quite long enough in his career yet to be in this list. But he's an excellent since coming in three Champions Leagues in, in consecutive years. You know, I think there's definitely a worry in terms of that. Um, Ryan, Jonathan, anyone you can think of? Um, Martin Odegaard, I think. He's, okay. I know he's quite, still quite young. But what you, when you look at what he's 
already sort of been for such a young player. Obviously, came onto the scene as you know the next superstar, at a very young age as well. Obviously, went to Real Madrid, and every club wanted him at the time. And he's now sort of starting to. Obviously, we saw glimpses of how good he is last season, and he's only going to get better. And he he strikes me as someone who's very intelligent. He's a leader already the captain of the Norwegian team as well. So I can see him being very similar to Mikhail Arteta in that sense. And I think he'll go on to become a, a manager and hopefully a very good one. Uh, and Jonathan, anyone you've got in mind? Yeah, when I think of a manager, I always go to number six, just a strong defensive midfielder like a you know Xavi or Iniesta, I feel like could be a good manager one day. Um, but I think the player that could just cause pure chaos at a club that I would love to see would be Balotelli. I just think (laughs) if he could somehow scrap his way on to some sort of club in Europe's top five leagues, which would be absolutely hilarious, um, I just think he would set the world on fire. No, fair play. Now, for mine, similar to yours, Jonathan, but I should mention someone like Fikayo Tomori, he's doing current business management degree, already got culture of two, two different leagues. Someone like Juan Mata, you know, he's very clever. You know, he's currently doing a journalism degree um, or did one in Madrid. Uh, he's done a sports science degree and a finance degree. Simon Migdalay speaks like six different languages. He's got a law degree, clever people. But I think someone I think who would cause carnage, but wherever he goes, he always performed. Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I think he could be a mainly for the motivation. Just shout. I think mm-hmm. he would be a great motivational speaker. He would sort of, you know, we saw him when AC won the league recently that he was chanting and all that, and he was properly getting the crowd. Had players want to play for him first of all. He's very well respected in that sense. Very clever guy. I mean, I've read his book, and he's a very intelligent guy, and he knows his stuff. Um, but I also, I think Ronaldo could be a shout because you saw him when Porter won the Euros, how he was like, almost like being the manager on the sidelines really mm-hmm. when, when he got injured. And I think, um, you know, Ben Foster talked about his podcast where um, you saying that when he was the goalkeeper, when they won the League Cup in 2009 against Tottenham for Man U, uh, Ronaldo was saying, it's your time. And he seems like he's someone that gets respect to players. Um, and he seems to really just know how to get players to play for him. But I do think Satan's my, my pick for it because I think he... I think he loved the challenge. I think he'd be up for the challenge. Um, I think he wouldn't be sort of coach that'd be tactically aware. Like I think he'd be a little much a uh, sort of a player like talking to the players or manager. He wouldn't be manager like he'd just be someone. He wouldn't coach players. He would just be man manager sort of thing. But I, I do think Zlatan for me would be would be my pick. But that has been the, the Eurotrip podcast for this week with our top ten managers. Let us know if you're on Twitter if you've got any people we've missed out or whatever, but we will be back um, for our next podcast shortly soon to um, go through more football debates like this. So I have been your host, Andy. This has been Ryan. This has been Jonathan. This has been Naeem. And we will see you next time.